السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله النبي الكريم أما بعد عباد الله يقول الله سبحانه وتعالى في كتابه العزيز بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لقد كان لكم في رسول الله أسوة حسنة صدق الله العلي العظيم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم مفتاح الجنة الصلاة ومفتاح الصلاة الودوء وكما قال عليه الصلاة والتسليم For the previous few weeks we have been going over the day of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and how he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam started his day off. In the previous week we talked about after the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam woke up, the first thing he did was use miswak. The first thing he did was clean his mouth, brush his teeth you can say. After that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam if there was a haja, if there was a need, he وسلم, would go to the washroom. And the Prophet as we know, when he used to enter the bathroom or the area where he would fulfill his need, he وسلم, would walk in with his left foot. And he would make the dua of Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-khubati wal-khabaya. O oh Allah, I ask and seek your protection from the evil male and female jinns. Have you ever noticed that a lot of the dirty thoughts come to your mind when you're in the bathroom? Because those are the evil jinnas that are coming to your head. And they're making you feel or like dirt. So in the bathroom, shaitan wants to play with your head. And he wants to bring these thoughts to your head, make you think deep. Okay, just stay there for a little bit longer so you can have deeper thoughts. This is why this dua is extremely important. So Taj, I was really thinking today. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Aisha radiallahu ta'ala said about the Prophet sallallahu that the Prophet ﷺ was in the remembrance of Allah ala kulli ahyan, all the time. The Messenger of Allah ﷺ was remembering Allah all the time. And I'm thinking, what does this mean? What does it mean that the Prophet ﷺ was constantly in the remembrance of Allah? Does that mean he was saying Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar 24-7? Does that mean he was saying the kalma la ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah 24-7? What does it mean? <laughs> Why is it that every moment, whenever we do something, there is a dua? And it came to my mind and I asked, and I was told, that, that was a beautiful response. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam wasn't necessarily constantly doing the dhikr of Allah, but he was in the dhikr of Allah. What does that mean? He was in the dhikr of Allah. You see, someone says, La ilaha illallah, La ilaha illallah, La ilaha illallah, says it a hundred times. 
La ilaha illallah says it a thousand times. He says sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ten thousand times. After every salah, he says subhanallah, subhanallah. Or he says Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar 34 times, 33 times, 165 times to 170 times daily. So this person is doing zikr, which is good, there's no doubt of that. But if someone says La ilaha illallah, but his actions don't show La ilaha illallah, what was the benefit of saying La ilaha illallah? If someone says 170 times to 165 times, they say Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, but their life does not show that Allah is greater than everything, then what was the purpose of that zikr? So the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he was zikr. He showed you that Allah was greater than everything else. He sallallahu alayhi wasallam showed you that there is no one worthy of worship but Allah. He sallallahu alayhi wasallam didn't just say Alhamdulillah 33 times after every salah. He showed you that he was expressing and feeling gratitude. So to walk into the washroom and just to say the dua without understanding what you're saying is not going to have an effect. What are you saying? That the thoughts of shaitan that are gonna come to my head, the waswas and the shaitan and the whispers of shaitan that are going to come to my head, I am making dua for against it. So when I enter the washroom or I exit the washroom, I actually feel like I'm expressing gratitude to Allah. I'm not just saying words. If your wife tells you to tell me that you love me and you say, I love you. No, she says, say it like you mean it. If someone is told to say sorry, okay, I'm sorry. No, say it like you mean it. It's easy to say, I'm sorry. How difficult was it? I'm sorry. No, no, when you mean it, that's when it's difficult. So saying words without showing it is, is useless. Obviously, through the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by saying Allahu Akbar, you will still get reward without a doubt. But the purpose of that zikr was not the zikr itself. The purpose of saying Allahu Akbar was not Allah saying Allahu Akbar. The purpose was to bring Allahu Akbar in your life. The purpose was to bring Alhamdulillah in your life. The purpose was to bring La ilaha illallah in your life. The purpose was to bring Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in your life. Otherwise, it's just rituals that you're reciting. And the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi warned us of people. There will be people that recite Quran and nothing happens except it went on your throat. There was no benefit. So when we're looking at the day of Al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we're not just like, okay, cool, he did it. No, no, no. We're bringing it into our life. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam walked into the bathroom. Why am I talking about the bathroom so much? Think about it. The waswas of shaitan and the whispers of shaitan, that is the biggest time that he can hit you. Why? Because when you're in the bathroom, you can't do the zikr of Allah. It's the one time that you can't do the zikr of Allah. So he seizes that opportunity. So a lot of your bad thoughts start from there. This is actually an important topic. Salman al-Fawsi radiallahu ta'ala He was with... Uh, 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 Salman al-Fawsi radiallahu ta'ala Yes. And he was with some people and they said, Oh, you look at your prophet. You know, he treats you like babies. In other words, he treats you like babies. He tells you guys how to wash yourself when you're in the bathroom. Yes, he does. He says, when you clean yourself, don't use your right hand. When you clean yourself, make sure you purify yourself properly and all the impurity is gone. There's nothing wrong with that. The Prophet ﷺ is passing by a grave. 
And he said that two people are being punished in this qabr. And the reason why they are being punished, they are not being punished for something grave. But it was a small mistake they used to make. Even though other opinions say, Imam Bukhari and others say, no, no. The Prophet ﷺ was not saying that it was, a, it was not a big deal. The Prophet ﷺ was saying it was a small action that was a great deal. And that is this person when he used to urinate, when he used to go to the bathroom, he didn't clean himself properly. Now when you don't clean yourself properly, what happens? Your clothes become impure. When your clothes become impure, what happens? Your salah doesn't count. So even though we're just rushing through, okay, bathroom, not a topic we can talk about. No, it's an important topic. America and these non-Muslims brag about hygiene and cleanliness. No, no, we take care of ourselves with utmost importance. It is part of Iman to take care of yourself. So we need to teach our children and we need to make sure we're following it properly too. The Prophet ﷺ told us to enter with the left foot. Before you get to the bathroom, you mentioned it last week, when you intend to go to the bathroom, you make the dua. So you're protecting the waswas of shaitan. Now you're not just saying the dua, you mean the dua. And not just saying the dua, you're meaning the okay, I don't want shaitan to get to my head. Then you enter with your left foot. And we have the toilets and the bathrooms here. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran. There was a people, there was a group of tri- people, a tribe of people that didn't, that were using water to clean themselves. They were using water to clean themselves. It was not necessary to use water. It was not necessary to use water. They had other means of cleaning themselves, like we have toilet paper and stuff. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loved the fact that He cleansed Himself with water. He loved it so much, it's mentioned in the Quran, فِيهِ رِجَالٌ يُحِبُّونَ Subhanallah. We take it lightly, no, another topic to talk about. فِيهِ رِجَالٌ يُحِبُّونَ There is a group of men or people amongst them. They love to clean themselves. And what was the thing they did? They used water. This is mentioned in the Quran, this is the Quranic verse that every Huffaz and every person who recites Quran will recite. What did Allah say? I love them. So what, what did they do? Yuhibboon, I love them. They like to clean themselves. So we need to make sure when we reach the bathroom, we're not just like running in out five seconds. We don't even clean ourselves and now uh, our clothes have urine on it. Now when you think about it, it sounds disgusting. But that's you. When somebody becomes Muslim, what's the first thing we tell them to do? Go take a shower. Why? Because they probably have not cleaned themselves from major ritual impurity. To clean yourself. And other spiritual reasons too, to clean yourself of all the, the, the past disbelief. The first thing you're supposed to tell a new Muslim, what do you do? You tell them to go make Muslim. This is important. Cleanliness is part of Islam. But we take it so lightly, we don't teach our children. How, how clean was the Prophet If your hair on your armpits or your private parts, no, you have to cut them. Don't let it go longer than 40 days. If you have long nails, cut them. It's disgusting. This religion teaches cleanliness. This religion teaches purification. So this is not a light thing. 
we can be amongst those people who Allah loves just because we clean ourselves. So we enter with our left foot. And we make sure that when we're using the bathroom that all of it comes out, that all of the impurity comes out. An istibara to make sure everything comes out. It's necessary, it's water. And an to clean it, to use water to clean this. And to make sure that we don't use our right hand. Generally, everything the Prophet ﷺ did to clean some impurity, he used the left hand. We do everything good with our right hand. Think about it. If someone cleans themselves with their right hand, and now when they shake their hands, they're using their right hand. Oh, now it makes sense. No, everything good is done with the right hand, and everything bad or cleaning and impurity is done with the left hand. This is a khilafah from Nabi ﷺ, cleanliness. So the Prophet ﷺ made sure that he didn't just rush in the bathroom, he made sure that he was completely clean and completely had relieved himself, and then he cleaned himself. And what did the Prophet ﷺ do? He left, he exited the washroom with the right foot. Okay, cool. It's a dirty place, we left it. What, what is it? It's mentally. Mentally, when you go somewhere with your left foot, you have it in your mind, this is not a good place. When you go somewhere with your right foot, your home, the masjid, your workplace. For some people, maybe some people walk in their workplace with their left foot, but that's a different reason. But generally, you walk in with your right foot. You walk in the masjid with your right foot. You walk in the house with your right It's mental. That everything good is done at the right side. You want to be on the right path. Obviously, this is going into the asrar and into the depth of why Nabi did certain things. And we don't have time to always go into the deeper reasons why Nabi did certain things, but it's so beautiful. But we just take it light like a ritual. No. Sometimes mentally, these propagandas, what are they? When you have these commercials and stuff, what is it to do? You keep watching it constantly, it's getting to your head, it's mentally affecting you. You play these video games, it's mentally affecting you. The things that the teachers teach in public school, it's mentally affecting you. At that moment, you feel like, okay, it's not a big deal, they're gonna come home, I'll explain it to them. But no, they're drilling it in their head. So don't take the sunnah of Al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam to be like, the way the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam walked, talked, and did everything, it was beloved to Allah. So it's not only a sunnah. So the Prophet after cleaning himself and relieving himself and using the bathroom, he would exit with his right foot. At almost all times, the Prophet loved to be in a state of wudu. The Prophet loved to be in the state of wudu. And after the Prophet had used the bathroom, he would make Anytime he will lose his wudu, he will make an effort to go make it. He will make an effort to go make it. Okay, there's spiritual benefits too. It's constantly staying in wudu. We hope that when we leave this world, we were in a state of wudu. And constantly in wudu. Now, let's say you have like 5-10 minutes. And you see... You're at home, you see the Quran and shelf, like, okay, you're on the shelf, what do I do for 5-10 minutes? Maybe I can grab the Quran and recite Quran, but I don't have wudu. I gotta get up, I have to make wudu, and then I can touch the Quran. It's too much work. So even when the thoughts of doing goodness, we hesitate a little bit, because we don't have wudu. 
So wudu is a cause and a sabab and a reason why you would do more good. I'm in a state of wudu. Some sahaba radiyallahu ta'ala ajma'in based off of the Quranic verse that whosoever backbites someone it is added, as if they are eating their flesh. Some of the sahaba radiyallahu ta'ala ajma'in took that as you're eating when you're in a state of wudu and your wudu broke so you need to go make wudu when you backbite someone. So we say it is not far to make wudu but spiritually you should do it to wipe yourself and cleanse yourself of sins. So the Prophet ﷺ was in a constant state of wudu. Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala he says, إِذَا تَوَدَّهَ الْعَبْدُ الْمُسْلِمَ وَالْمُؤْمِنِ فَغَسَلَ وَجْهَهُ خَرَجَ مِنْ وَجْهِهِ كُلَّ خَطِيَةً نَذَرَ إِلَيْهَا بِعَيْنِهِ مَعَ الْمَهْدِ أو مَعَ آخِرِ قَطْرِ الْمَهْدِ فَإِذَا غَسَلَ يَدَيْهِ خَرَجَ مِنْ يَدَيْهِ كُلَّ خَطِيَةً كُلُّ خَطِيَةً كَانَ بَتَشْحَقْ بَتَشَتْحَ يَدَاهُ مَعَ الْمَهْدِ أو مَعَ آخِرِ قَطْرِ الْمَهْد and he wipes his face. خَرَجَ مِنْ وَجْهِهِ كُلُّ خَتِيْئَةِ النَّذْرَ إِلَيْهَا بِعَيْنِهِ مَعَامَهَا The Prophet ﷺ said that when you make wudu and you wash your face, every evil and every bad thing that this eye saw, كُلُّ خَتِيْئَةِ Every sin, everything, bad thing that this eye saw, all those sins will be wiped away until the last drop of water. The Prophet ﷺ continues, فَإِذَا غَسَلَ يَدَيْهِ Whoever washes their arms up to their elbows, or إِحْسَانَ الْوُدُوءُ According to some narrations, is actually to go above your elbows. That way your elbows are guaranteed to be included. Likewise, when you do your ankles, you're supposed to do a little bit above your ankles. So your ankles are guaranteed included. So your shin is sometimes included in wudu. This is called إِحْسَانَ الْإِسْبَاغُ الْوُدُوءُ إِحْسَانَ الْأَحْسَنُ الْوُدُوءُ إِحْسَانَ الْوُدُوءُ Making sure you're guaranteed your elbows were covered. So some narrations say you go up. It's the opinion of Imam Malik So the Prophet says, when you wash your hands or your arms up to your elbows, every evil that this hand grabbed and did, the sins of those of those of this arm will be removed. Likewise with your left hand. The Prophet continues and he says. فَإِذَا غَسَلَ رَجْلَيْهِ خَرَجَتْ كُلُّ خَطِيئَةً مَشَتْ رِجْلَاهُ مَعَ الْمَهْدِ The Prophet ﷺ says, Everywhere you're, when you wash your feet, up to your ankles or above, wherever you walked, مَشَتْ رِجْلَاهُ Wherever you walked, all the sins of wherever you walked to will be forgiven. The Prophet ﷺ continues, حَتَّى يَخْرُجَ نَقِيًّ مِنَ الْذُنُوبِ Until this person has been completely wiped away from sin. This hadith in Sahih Muslim. This whole concept of wudu from our religion is so beautiful. And it shows how much concern the Prophet ﷺ had for cleaning yourself, for purification and hygiene Islam. If we were to not even look at the, if we were to exclude the spiritual benefits, even the physical benefits on their own are so abundant. And I don't like going into this too deep because now it has to make sense. Okay, scientists say, doctors say, no, no, no. We don't need them. We have the sunnah of our Habib I'm not hating on doctors. Doctors are beneficial too. There's no doctor that I hate. I love all the doctors, mashallah. Whenever I need something, I'm calling you too. Whether it's financially or it's medically. But I'm calling you. So it's nothing against doctors. But 
We don't always need logic. Islam in itself makes sense. And even if it doesn't, my Habib did it, that's enough for me. He did it, why he did it, I don't need to know. I don't need to know, he did it. Whatever benefits I, I, benefits I get, Alhamdulillah. So obviously water cleans germs and there's already so many uh, physical uh, benefits that uh, modern day scientists or doctors have came up with too. But it has a lot of immense amount of spiritual benefits. There's another hadith of the Prophet he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, which I quoted, مفتاح الجنة الصلاة ومفتاح الصلاة الودو. The key to Jannah is Salah. And the key to Salah is Wudu. The key to Jannah is Salah, and the key to Salah is Wudu. This implies that the key to Jannah is due to Wudu. Because without Wudu, Salah is not valid. But there's something even more beautiful than that. And we've gone over the reason and the importance of Salat. The Prophet said, On the Day of Judgment, there's going to be so many people, billions, maybe trillions of people. The Prophet said, But I will recognize my Ummah. I will recognize my ummah. فَإِنَّهُمْ يَأْتُونَ غُرَّ الْمُحَجِّلِينَ مِنَ الْوُدُونَ The Prophet ﷺ said, I will understand and I will recognize my followers because their faces will be bright and their limbs will be white because of the wudu they made. And I will arrive at Hudr Kothar, the well of Kothar, and I'll be waiting for everyone. And the way that I can tell your passport to enter into the Khodr Kothar is by making wudu. If you didn't make wudu, your faces won't shine and your arms won't be white. Uh, white. It won't look like the Prophet ﷺ has mentioned in many ahadiths that ghurran muhajjilina min al wudu. You'll be shining, you'll be bright because you made wudu. So wudu is what will differentiate us on the Day of Judgment. Wudu is what will differentiate us on the Day of Judgment. Okay, now we know. Miftah al-Salah. Miftah al-Jannah is al-Salah. Miftah al-Salah is al-Wudu. The key to Jannah is Salah. The key to Salah is Wudu. How do you make Wudu? How do you make Wudu? How many people know the proper Sunnahs of Wudu? What dua did the Prophet ﷺ make before starting wudu? What dua did the Prophet ﷺ make during wudu? What dua did the Prophet ﷺ make after wudu? How he ﷺ made wudu? What are the common day uh, uh, etiquettes that we should have when we make wudu? We just leave the sink on when we have the opportunity to turn it off while we do masa. What are some etiquettes and what are the sunnahs of wudu? If wudu is the key to salah and salah is the key to jannah, then the key to salah needs to be done properly. How do you make wudu needs to be done properly? If you want its full spiritual benefit, a person has to do wudu properly, which we will cover next week, inshallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those people that on a daily basis we live our lives in according to the teachings of the Quran and the sunnah of our Habib sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Jazakum Allah khairan wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillah.